Yeah. We'll We're here with Rappy and Scrappy. Rappy the Raptor and Scrappy. Let's get going. Terrible. Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, new mascot. Scrappy the Rappy. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I am Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder and uh, only diamond-ranked Halo player at Tech Raptor. Andrew Stretch, the shovel editor. Mm-hmm. Now, Rut, I'd like to introduce you to this locker we're about to shove you in, you fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> all you do is play Halo nowadays, I guess. I have been insufferable this week. <laughs> Shove them in that locker and empty that can of Axe body spray, man. You're done. <laughs> yeah, this week we're going to talk about Halo. We're going to talk about uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, so stick around for that. But first, let's get into some news. Uh, we got to start off with a bit of a heavy hitter here. But uh, So last week we talked about the whole Activision Blizzard situation and how uh, a lot of the big heads of companies came out and were condemning Activision in different ways. And then this week, uh, we find out that PlayStation is now under a gender discrimination lawsuit. Uh, that is a class action lawsuit. So we don't know about it yet, but more people could join in on this to make it an even bigger deal than it already is. Um, but former IT security analyst Emma Majo, Majo, I hope I'm pronouncing their name right, um, filed a gender discrimination lawsuit uh, in California against Sony for uh, discriminating against female employees when it comes to compensation and promotions. This is mind-blowing. Um, you know, we Sony was one of the first companies to come out and, um, you know, publicly speak against Activision and say that they were, you know, evaluating the relationship and stuff. And now this comes out. I, I don't... It doesn't make sense how it's 2021 and you can't just rate an employee based on their performance. Like it's there's there's enough metrics, there's enough tracking tools, there's enough everything. Um and for for this woman to have, you know, tried to ask about like what routes there were to a promotion and to get redirected to to speak with a different manager or, you know, get pseudo demoted. Um mind-blowing and it's not just once too i think she got routed to multiple managers right she talked to like two or three managers yeah who all just... roadblocked yeah it just, yeah it's, i mean it's it just sad. goes to show too like you've got sony speaking out internally about this while they've own, uh, they've got their own problems as well it just kind of shows the scope of of this within the industry um you know Activision is one thing, Riot's one thing, EA's one thing, but if Sony and Xbox have the same problems, um, God forbid Nintendo, like at some point something's got to change. Yeah. Well, I think I think it shows the sliding scale of awfulness that exists. Because I think I think we'd all be wrong to say this is you know pretty equivalent to Activision Blizzard. It's not like they're no. both awful, but it's this is nowhere near what's going on at Activision Blizzard. But it's, like I said, it's like kind of that sliding scale of uh, PlayStation. It's still they're still doing really bad shit. We can't let that go. 
Um, and that stuff like what's going on at PlayStation is probably more common than like, you know, your CEO threatening to kill you <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> still crazy. And it's, this is probably, this is one of those bigger stories that kind of goes beyond gaming also too. Like this is kind of corporate culture everywhere where women are getting treated like this. Um, yeah. It's not like PlayStation's like, this is groundbreaking. Like they're yeah. the only company in the world to be discriminatory toward women. It's just right? that hopefully they're getting their, um, just deserve. I don't know. They're getting, you know, they're held responsible for it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully something happens with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's uh, a trap that a lot of people can easily get into. Right. Is that, um, you know, they, they point at, playstation calling out activision blizzard but then see this and it's like oh you're just the same and it's not quite that right it's not that suddenly it's okay that activision did its shit because playstation's also bad like no you can't really compare the two in that way they're both just bad well not only that but everything's complex you can't just be like okay now everything they've said or done is bad because they have this x this one this bad thing going on with them even though it is pretty awful like does it negate the fact that that the good the relatively good thing that they that jim ryan did and kind of calling out activision blizzard be like yeah that's fucked up like (laughs) we are we should reevaluate that because that's awful um that still can be a good thing it doesn't necessarily be negated by this awful thing that they're doing now i'd be curious to see jim ryan's thoughts on this like knowing that he sent out that memo, if he had any knowledge of it, and if he didn't, what his internal reaction was. But again, they're under active litigation, so there he may have no way yeah. to currently say anything without it just making things worse. When he's always like less public, he's not much of like he's not like a Phil Spencer who will who's glad to give you his opinion on about anything, yeah, which is one of the reasons that phil spencer's so great like if if all the big three all the big companies had a phil spencer like person at the head or close to the head this gaming would be so much better <laughs> i'll be yeah. so sad watch if some news comes out about him i'll be crushed <laughs> i hope not <laughs> phil spencer's the best <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's it thanks for licking the boots there um that's i right. think that's the interesting thing right is that if this had come out about xbox i would be surprised to not see a statement from phil spencer in the next few days you know what i mean i think like he's just yeah. so in control of the brand like he is xbox in a lot of ways that it would be surprising to not see him say anything well sure with jim ryan you know he's he's yeah. very much a behind the closed doors kind of guy i think he has been hit pretty hard with some of the things he said before like lest we forget he was like who the fuck would play Grand Theft Auto Five nowadays? <laughs> that fucking garbage ass old shit. No one likes that. Right? Leaving like, generations is another yeah. great line. Well, there's that. I mean, it might be very telling if you know if if people like Spencer or other companies don't say anything now. They're like, oh shit, we have things going on. Are we just going to be seen as massive hypocrites now? Mm-hmm. What I would love to see would be some some proactivity. Yep. Some. You know, even if, you know, if a, in a situation like Nintendo, like any of the other large developers, um, I would love to see, you know, well, not that they would probably ever come out with it publicly, um, but I would hope to think that there would be some kind of internal investigation going over, uh, going on, going to, to look within themselves and see, fuck, are we doing this? <laughs> like, whether it be out of 
self-preservation to not get caught in this same kind of trap that um, <clears throat> Sony seems to have, or PlayStation seems to have uh, stumbled into, um, but also just out of like the the you know how this is not just a systemic issue in the games industry, but in industry industry. Um, you know, we were kind of. I know that, you know, we were saying last week, or at least I said, you know, games do better. Um, you know, I would I would like to see this continued momentum. Yes, we are learning about, you know, all of these all of these bad situations, whether they range from bad to horrific. Um but hopefully the more it compounds, the more people actually have to engage with the problem have to have to stare down that ugly truth and say right what can we actually do about this how can we fix this mm. yeah well part of like those companies know this is happening they're not like oh, what you're telling yeah. me this is happening like they're not caught out like they know and they're just like oh they, they found out shit <laughs> like the word got out uh, about whatever's going on and now they feel they have to do something um, and part of it is like companies, very few companies, like it's going to be, we're talking like percentages of a percent of companies are going to be making major decisions based on morals. So anything to force a decision that makes business sense. I think I was saying this last week too, like I'm for, because they're just, just the way that society works and the way that everything is working right now. Like it, the, all the profit is what matters at the end is it does this make sense on this spreadsheet that i get, get it more in this way yeah so even if we if if it, break it down that cynically i'm all whatever forces them to do the right thing i'm cool with because i know yeah. that we're never going to get that moralistic stance from any of them even though I, I was just talking about how great phil spencer is like it the almighty dollar still the end end of the day what people want I think we're seeing it from the new generation of game developers too. Um, a lot of indie developers were starting to see embrace no crunch culture and, and a, a couple other initiatives that are, are very, very positive. Um, but I think it's going to take years for that to kind of ripple through the industry as you kind of have the old guard leave who are used to things going a certain way. Um, I, I do think over time we'll see a more positive trend, but it, uh, Unfortunately, it's going to take time. I think as you get people who care about these issues start to step into positions of leadership and uh, decision making, as well as even just starting their own companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully over time, th these sort of situations will get better, or at least people will be more aware of it. And speaking of time, that's going to make Cyberpunk 2077 a good game, according to CDPR, <laughs> right, guys? Because give it Excellent some time. Transition. Wonderful segue. Thank you. Wonderful segue. Start calling you Segway Scrappy now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, CDPR has come out, Project Red, they've come out and said, with enough time, people will think Cyberpunk 2077 is, quote, a very good game. I'm going to be the in the minority and say it already was, but I also oh. had no issues with initial release. Like, I did not have any weird bugs or anything like that. I breezed through the game and dropped, you know, 50 hours in two huh. or three weeks. You know, but, your uh, fandom of Elex makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you can stomach this a lot more with, with the BS you got to deal with. You that. can 
you can blame Pan Am because that just that was like the whole game for me. Oh, um, brilliant, brilliant kind of line of story. The uh, so I'm gonna actually agree with Rut on this. Is that <laughs> when you were able to play the game, it was pretty great. Yeah, great game. And I, I had the same thing where I, I'm pretty fortunate that I have pretty pretty good PC that most of the problems I just didn't see at all and i mentioned that in my review that i because i reviewed it for the site that i'm definitely like not the normal case scenario with it probably but i didn't other than minor bugs that i would see that you'd normally see in like a bethesda game it's like oh this is just normal i didn't have anything major i was on a 1070 still yeah so i'd be curious to compare my 3070 now to the 1070 and see if i have weird bugs and maybe it's just like a graphics card generally generational thing well I, and well they put a lot of work into bugs now so i would i would hope i have not picked it up since basically launch since i beat it so, i would hope that all this work has actually led to less problem fewer problems i don't know because i have not played it i'll have to take their word for it that it has mm. but see i'm of the mind where i think i think they could be right you know that it could with time be quote a very good game but you know you could have said the same about final fantasy 14 before the realm was reborn right like with time literally anything that is connected yeah. to the internet nowadays can be a very good game eventually yeah, it's like the except miyamoto quote except, except it's released <laughs> well right? i think with with anthem if they threw enough money at it because like I, at some point i'm willing to bet that it was like you know they made a decision where we can't keep throwing money at the this time to cost stop. to investment but i mean right. yeah and that's kind of like where where cdpr has been for this past year and a half or so year that they've just kept throwing money at it um i mean i i was a, a you know fine connoisseur of glitch videos when it came out um i was someone who admittedly never really felt that hyped about the game mm. um I kept hearing about all of the different things that you could do, um, but I I never really heard much about what the story was going to be or like why why I personally was going to play. Um, I did play a little bit. Admittedly, I played it on Stadia, <laughs> the best place um, to play games. So you and you were you one, and one of other five. person. Yeah, yeah. Wow, um, that's quite. You should put that like on a business card. Like I was one of. <laughs> the two people to play cyberpunk on stage yeah that should be like in the achievement section of your resume that's right <laughs> um and i think like you know there can definitely be people who had good experiences with it bad experiences with it um you know the same way that like you know arkham knight has that little bit of history of the busted pc port but you know i played it on xbox one and aside from some like loading and pop in it was relatively fine People largely um, don't remember that. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, that did happen." It's probably what they yeah. Now. But like the, the scale, that. the scale of, you know, the fact that for for four to six months you could not digitally purchase Cyberpunk on yeah. one of the three major platforms that it released on, um, and just like you know, if you had a Sony uh, PlayStation, you would need to buy the disc. Like that's the only way you could get your hands on on Cyberpunk. And then mm -hmm. technically, you still really couldn't play. 
<laughs> yeah, that as well. Yeah, um, I, I think that's where I, I feel like CDPR is missing the point is that, yeah, I'm sure at some point it'll be a good game. Yeah, I mean, some people would clearly obviously say it already is for reasons I don't get, but whatever. Um, but that's not really the point. The point is more that they tried to bull rush an unfinished-ish product, a product that wasn't really tested on, you know, back then current-gen consoles, right, the PS4 and Xbox One, and released what many would call a broken piece of software, you know, a game that doesn't deliver on any of its promises, that isn't fun to play because there's so many bugs and so many graphical issues that you can't even attempt to play the game. And deliberately hid the console versions of the game. And mm-hmm. they, I think maybe lie is too strong a word, but they straight up just lied about not knowing. Like, oh, yeah. we didn't know it was this bad. It's like, get out of here. Like, no, fuck, like, no way. It's immediately apparent. And also the number of like features that they hyped up or promised. Yeah. That um, didn't. It was very, very Molyneux-esque. Worse, worse than No Man's Sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, that That's just, the biggest like, disappointment to me because I I will never I'll never forget the the E3 meeting that I went to for the first time they showed C, uh, Cyberpunk to people, and this all the stuff that they were talking about in there was amazing. Like the one the biggest disappointment for uh, Cyberpunk to me is that it's based on a very big popular detailed pen and paper RPG. Right, it's been around for. A long time now but it's like it's got the most light rpg mechanics of any game i've ever played that just don't exist and what they described like, in the beginning like that first meeting was all kinds of crazy cool unique character moments that you could have just based on these various rpg mechanics they're gonna have in there and how your character could be so unique to whatever and your clothing would affect how people thought of you and all this kind of other crazy stuff, but just never obviously happened. None of it. Because I mean, I, I only played a little bit of it as well, but even like all the upgrade tree and stuff, none of those were abilities. Those were just like percentage yep. increases of, of damage or like luck chances and stuff. Well, even like, was... the, like all the gear stuff was like that. Like I think in my review, I used the screen of the, uh, the cybernetics upgrades, you know, where you can, like put in the new cyber like upgraded mm-hmm. eye and stuff. Like that is a that's a rad looking menu that gives you nothing. Like <laughs> it does yeah, nothing like not cool. Much. It's like oh okay, that doesn't really change much. Like there's there's a few few of them that do give you abilities uh, and stuff like that, but they're like the very rare and expensive. And I think there's only like three or four. I could be wrong, but it's not that many. But for yeah, the most part, like, it's just passive. Like here's twenty percent to this thing or whatever. Here you can All right, jump cool. higher. And it's like that's lame. Uh, yeah, such weird. a cool concept. It's just like, man, you guys had it all there. And one of the other things I mentioned in my review too that was so mind blowingly fr- like annoying was like, there's so many NPCs out there that just look wild, like with metal arms or like a metal head, and just look crazy. You can't customize who you are like at all. Mm-hmm. Like hardly your look can barely change. It's like, why can't clearly- I just be a freaky weird robot cyborg man? I can't. It's let, let me be they, one of the demon children wa- uh, wandering the street. <laughs> Did you see those like just time? red eyes walking down the street? And if you went into photo mode, they would disappear. Ooh. That was my favorite. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had to toss up development time between how much do we want to focus on T-posing with your dick out on a motorcycle <laughs> or customization of character. Uh, you, when you put it that just... way, they made the right choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it all makes sense. 
Yeah, you T-pose for authority, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think overall, it's like they just... Sure, maybe in 2022, it'll be a actually a good game to play. Like, fairly and, bug-free, fun And to interestingly, through. we're kind of seeing the flip of the situation as well with everything that is happening with Halo. You know, that's about to release in two weeks. And that was a game that at launch, people were like, whoa, what's going on? And they've taken the time, you know, they, they put out more multiplayer flights. Um, they took time to, to up the graphics, up the look of everything, make it feel better. And I mean, you know, we're now a year later and due to chip shortage, you know, we know that series X are selling us selling out as soon as they hit store shelves. Um, but you know, people are going to be that much more confident in the halo that they're going to be booting up in two weeks versus, what might have happened if if they did launch last year when they were thinking about it? Mm. Yeah, they also I... got they've gotten it in press's hands pretty early, especially at some of the larger sites. And didn't with Cyberpunk like they didn't? I can't remember. They did. They did no. a preview pretty early. Yeah, they gave they gave it out pretty early, from what I understand. But they were very specific. Like in your video reviews, you have to use this B roll we provide you. You cannot use yeah. any recorded footage that you've done yourself. And that, yeah, that's that's, that's going to get flag. shady. Yeah. Well, that whole yeah. thing, like I uh, when I wrote up a thing about CDPR, uh, so I was dealing with getting the code for that for us. That was such a bizarre sequence of events to get that. It was like, everything was weird, and like other reviewers were talking about it. It was it was very unusual to where, you know, the other reviews were already out from like the big outlets because they did a very select few to put the the initial reviews out. Um, were well out already, and they hadn't given codes even to anybody else yet. And most people didn't get them on get them till launch. And they were like several like very big people that would normally get them. Um, they're being very cagey about stuff, and they wouldn't give people console codes if they asked. And I was like, oh, mm. this is bizarre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely yeah. a red flag. It was it was very strange yeah it just makes you think that like i i don't care necessarily if cyberpunk's going to be like fixed up in 2022 like i'm sure it will be and i'm sure the people who are still very excited about it will play it and enjoy it but i think the moment has passed for it like i don't think we're going to see a cyberpunk 2077 netflix series soon you know what We're i mean about the anime. Well, that's because it's getting a crunchy roll show <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true i <laughs> forgot about that wow <laughs> I thought okay. Netflix is it are they doing that on Netflix? I thought it was a Netflix anime they were doing. Oh, is it Netflix? I just I knew that they were doing I knew it was anime, an anime. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I completely um, forgot about it. But that as well, like nothing's been heard about it. I honestly wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that just completely got shelved. I don't know, I mean like as much as even with all those problems, like it's still insanely popular and huge and sold a lot and people do like it. It the thing with with it is it's got so much potential. The world's neat. Like it's got quite a bit going for it, so we'll see. Their, their biggest problem was that they they didn't give themselves enough time. They wanted to make like I was talking with someone in our Slack. They wanted to make a Red Dead Redemption two level like detailed kind of world, but didn't give them the eight year development time that like Rockstar does. Yeah. <laughs> like they said, all right, we could do it in like four maybe ish, right? No, <laughs> no, you can't. Mm-mm. There's a reason it takes them forever to release something. 
uh, well, beyond, you know, making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of one game, but right. continually, that's still like the best selling game. I want to talk to people that are still buying GTA five, by the way, who are you? <laughs> who are these <laughs> what, people? Why are you doing this? Like why, who doesn't have it that it wants it? Doesn't want it anyway. It's the same people buying their seventh copy of Skyrim. Uh, it's, even though mm-hmm. Skyrim pales in comparison to GTA five sales, like it's yeah. insane. It's uh, every time I hear them, it's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to spike up again when it comes out next gen, right? That's probably oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Insane. Also, if you're looking for cyberpunk guides, we have you covered. <laughs> yeah, we have like one or two, maybe uh, three. Times like four. Okay, yeah, we have a ton. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot. Um, let's jump to our last news story of the day here. Uh, so, Ocarina of Time. Some people would call it the greatest game ever, maybe. Um, it's been recreated from that Space World 97 demo. So now there, there, we have the code. Well, specifically, the, the Zelda reverse engineering team has the code, right? Which means we well, can... It's actually, it's actually from a couple things. The, yeah. the Space World demo was recreated based off the F-Zero cartridge. But then there's also the restoration project that the same time that the Super Mario 64 code came out in the big Nintendo mega dump, um, a lot of the source code for Zelda was also part of that. Mm. So it's actually, it's been a plethora of, of different, uh, different things that have, have caused this to be able to get recreated either the, the space world demo or the, um, the complete source code. Um, so there's bun- a bunch of news for very excited Zelda fans. Um, that Space World demo, especially, um, you know, the the Deku tree is entirely different. Instead of it being like you go in, you go up, and then you drop to the basement, um, it's got a full like inner uh, inner stalk movement system that you go up. Mm. And a lot of this is stuff that also showed up in like pre-release screenshots from like um you know nintendo magazines like enthusiast gaming magazines from like 1995 1996 like um it was a huge thing too like way different um so it was a huge thing for people to be able to look at you know these these screenshots of locations that we have never been able to go to before that we never even knew what they were tied to and it's like Oh man, we we have them. We have those rooms now. <laughs> right. Let's throw them together. Which means that it's pretty much open for modding now, right? Like someone out there could create a version of Ocarina of Time that has all that cutting room floor content in it in some way. Oh yeah. Um so the the restoration project themselves have said that you know they're just doing it for the the sense of preservation um to to make it available. Um, they themselves are not planning on going forward with with any terms of modding or to create like a native PC port like we saw earlier in the year with uh, with Super Mario 64. Um, but that doesn't mean that anyone else will follow that. That yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, just as much as we've seen over the years, people do like their little tech demo in Unreal 4 and like add... Um, you know, sharper textures and ray tracing and stuff, all of that's going to be so easy to implement now um, that, you know, it'll probably be 
halfway through next year by the time we get a uh you know a native 8k pc port of ocarina of time ray tracing right. you know full day night systems even in the areas of town that don't have day night systems i want to see that the the fish king guy make a high def squeaking as he's, weep. as he's moving weep. <laughs> i want to see that wet skin glisten <laughs> and RTX, the the rugged, rough skin of the Gorons reflecting in the the, the fire, all that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's pretty cool that people are going to these lengths to like preserve so much history, you know? Because we we have a few people on staff who are like really, really into game preservation. Um, and obviously, Ocarina of Time is one of the big ones. We actually have like a, a four part series uh, that yeah. chronicles the whole timeline of development. We'll leave a link to that below if you're interested. Um, but it's just, it's great to see that like, this will soon be something that a lot of people can just have access to in some way, shape or form, you know, to like, just keep this preserved forever. Yeah. Because it, it, because it's Ocarina of Time in particular, that's, it's especially neat because of just how influential and humongous it is. Like you'd mentioned, like it is often... If anybody, it, there's a bunch of criteria, but for best game of all time, like influence, or is it still good today, blah, blah, blah. People choose a bunch of different ways, but it's almost always in that discussion of number one, just because of how much it changed everything and show people stuff. Uh, it's still fun to play today. Scrappy admitted before mm-hmm. this that he never played it, so shame, yeah, shame him it. into playing it. Do it. Because it's, it's, it's still fun. I It's still enjoyable now. Like and it and it is on Nintendo Switch Online. It's true. It is a technically worse version than anywhere else you'd be able to play it, <laughs> unless you had the 3DS version, which is probably the most readily accessible way to play it. Um, but it's a it's a blast of a game, you know, playing through and just like normally playing it. Um, it's really only an eight ten hour game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not huge. It's it's funny to think back on it because when I, I played it when it came out, basically I was a kid, and it seems so much more epic. And then you look at it and you're like, "Damn, this is small." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in comparison to stuff now, but it's just it's amazing how much even still now they they've got that like that feeling of adventure like kind of just perfectly there. Like you're like links on his quest to figure out whatever, which is amazing. Like it's especially amazing that they they could pull that off with Link saying nothing. Mm-hmm. Except Haya. Well, that's all you need. That's right for him. Yeah, and you can't jump in the game. That still throws you. You me. could in the demo. That's right. So you can there was, now. That's right. There was a dedicated jump in the original. There wasn't just the jump slash. Yeah, you would need to jump and then choose to slash. That's right. Uh, which is weird. Yeah, uh, I would really, know, I'd really love to know. Like, what was the why? Why did you change it? Do they not want to be like, all right, we're not just the platformer developer? I don't um, know. It's not just Mario with a sword. What's the design decision <laughs> of it? Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. you Oh, I want Mario with a sword game now. Oh, isn't that just Kirby? Huh? What? <laughs> hold, hold on. Kirby gets a sword. That's a weird. You, oh, yeah. Kirby can have a sword. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby can also have a bomb. Yeah, it's Kirby true. has many things. I I don't know if like wait the sword is the, the did Odyssey the top just thing. make Mario like Kirby with, with Cappy? He captures people. That's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Cappy is Kirby basically. Yeah. So <laughs> see this all full circle. 
Stretch's face. I'm yeah. so confused. What are, you, what are you talking about? These uh, are these are a whole lot of weird parallels that are just slightly not parallel. But you're saying nah. them with enough confidence that I keep <laughs> oh, double <laughs> double checking myself. Nah. With yeah, jump so through. yeah, Mario is Kirby confirmed. Basically, that'd be an Odyssey Mario. Let's not get crazy. It's the Odyssey. That's just the Odyssey Mario. Come on, now. Kirby vil- Kirby visits alien planets and can have a gun. Um, did Halo just copy Kirby? That, yeah, you know I think what? So. I hadn't thought Same. of it before. Same line of thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, Kir- Kirby is the progenitor of all video games. Oh God. Well, he does. Oh, have, he looks kind of like Ditto. Have any of you like guys that. ever? It is going to be a weird tangent, but have, have any of you guys ever looked into the weird Kirby lore? <laughs> I know there is some. I've never read it. There's like weird, deep Kirby lore that, like, you know, he's he's some kind of you know ludicrous astral being and has devoured gods and you know shaped the cosmos. Yada yada. Is this like fan like, made lore, or is this like the actual? No, this is this is actual lore. <laughs> And I I only know like the the very very top surface level, um, but if you want a fun rabbit hole research project, look into like some of the deep Kirby lore. Why have we been like, talking what? wasting our time with Kingdom what Hearts? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is time to our, do our spinoff hey, yeah. podcast. Kirby Kirby, Pod. Kirby, Kirby, lore. Kirby can't even wield a keyblade. What a fucking loser! That's true because when he eats Sora, doesn't he get something else? Like no, not when a- he, when he eats. Sora, he gets like starlight in the shape of a keyblade but then sakurai like came out and like officially said on twitter like the reason that kirby has that and not a keyblade is because kirby cannot wield a keyblade mm, what? <laughs> they just got into like the weird like ethos of the amazing. kingdom hearts lore to be like yes kirby kirby no keyblade <laughs> maybe that was as you can expect weekly we have yeah. gone right back to nomura so you yeah. think that was something nomura <laughs> says like all right you can have sora but he's the only motherfucker that's wielding the keyblade all right yeah. <laughs> like it's i don't want any also... keyblade uh, like uh item popping up on the the stage either <laughs> mm-hmm. no stage hazards no nothing that's right I do find it distressing with how how brazenly and casually we all just said, yeah, when Kirby eats Sora, just straight up eats him entirely. Well, I mean, he like, I guess Yoshi he eats, eats him, but he too. digests him very quickly and nothing happens to him. Yeah. He gets pooped he just out comes pretty out. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start talking about some of the games we've been playing over the past week. Speaking of pooped uh, out. Speaking of poop speaking, stuff. Speaking of Kirby. Hello. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Kirby That's right. pooping stuff out. Rut, can you can you tell us about your wacky and wild adventures in the Halo Infinites? Oh yeah, tell us uh, about your how intricately you photoshopped all those things you post in the Slack. Yeah, can, can you tell us how many people when you walk down the street say, Wow, Rut, you're so fucking cool with your, your Halo Infinite playtime? You sound and like your ranking. Wife. Uh, she's been shitting on me all week no but i've been updating the staff as my rankings have progressed in halo all week um i spent about two hours yesterday watching jump videos of like all the wacky jumps that you can do around the levels and just kind of uh, honestly the level design is like superb um in terms of like there's a lot of jumps that you don't think of but if you can land them from a skill perspective like it it gives you an upper hand in, in certain areas um you know the to me the movement feels really good and and everything like that it just feels like 
really solid from a gameplay perspective. You know, if you don't think about the battle pass and, you know, the event and, and the playlists, like it, it's to me, it's peak Halo. Um, and I'm having just an incredible time, whether it's ranked or big team battle or whatever, just shooting people for hours. Um, you know, it's, I, I feel like I'm back in like 2004, 2005 or whenever Halo 2 came out. Um, it just, I'm completely sucked back in. Mm. Just like Kirby. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't yeah. well, Sora be the one sucked in or Master Chief? Because, I mean, I mean Kirby's everyone doing, gets sucked Kirby, into Kirby. Well, Kirby's doing the sucking. He's not the sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? He's the sucker, not the sucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure our terminology is correct. I'm just being clear. Just clarity. Yeah, that's fair. I appreciate yeah. the fact check. Has anyone else here been playing Halo Infinite? Oh recently? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I, you know, I echo pretty much all of all of Rut's sentiments. Um, it is kind of annoying that there are less abilities to to pick what in a multiplayer hopper you want to be in that just seems like a weird very basic oversight i could imagine if this was you know some small indie release that they would want to make sure that there was you know players in like that there was enough players in the multiplayer hoppers uh, but it's halo yeah <laughs> it's halo and it's you know it was within two hours of the beta dropping um, you know, it had like 200, 250,000 people playing at the same time on Steam. And that's not even counting um, Xbox PC players and Xbox One, Xbox Series players. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's not that it's just Halo, but it's also free to play Halo. Yeah. Yeah. Free to play Halo as well. Like, you know, we don't even need to chill Game Pass at this point. It's just like, oh, if you want to play, go play. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure xbox has also waived that gold requirement for multiplayer by now right i think for halo because i know for yeah for free-to-play titles they had it used to be that you still needed gold but now they've shifted it i might just be talking out of my ass i've had game pass for like three years at this point so i don't i don't pay attention to that as much money bags Um, over here geez (laughs) but um yeah, the, the 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 hoppers is so weird. I don't care too much about the battle pass. My aim going into a game of Halo is to never see myself. So I don't really care what I look like. Um but uh the 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 gameplay options seem the weirdest to me. <laughs> yeah, it's the most limited a, ga- uh, a Halo game has launched with in terms of playlists and I don't know if maybe it was like a hey, we're just going to surprise launch this with a couple things and then flesh it out at full launch or what i'm sure they'll be coming down the line i think there's been i saw somebody data mining future events or something on twitter the other day and i was like well Mm -hmm. how do you already have that data but okay (laughs) um you know i think that we'll probably see them expand and i wonder if a lot of it was just like let's try and smack as many people into very specific queues to see if we can break matchmaking Mm. um because you know the the flights are one thing i think that during the flights it was maybe twenty thousand people on steam or something um but when you throw half a million potential people in only four playlists that you can 
probably break things there and that hopefully mm-hmm. they were hoping would as they launch more stuff that they can ensure that matchmaking is solid because honestly it's been really good for me yeah. like it i have i've had one crash maybe um and, and that got patched out that was like the weird you you respawn in game and it kicks and it basically just crashes mm-hmm. um but other than that it's been really solid and like from a ranked perspective um it hasn't felt like disjointed at all i felt i feel like i'm always going to go going against people of my skill or slightly higher rather than just like just stomping noobs the whole time right so yeah i really wonder like i would love to see the stats of where halo infinite multi like player count for infinite right now and then player count that would be playing the campaign specifically when that drops on two on Wednesday, like next Wednesday, that's going to be a cool graph to see. I yeah. would kill for a cross-platform <laughs> API, like just well, absolutely murder someone to see numbers concurrently mm-hmm. across all platforms. Yeah, because like the thing I'm curious about is you know like your other big shooters like your Battlefields and Call of Duties. You know you have the people who like the campaigns or whatever, but like it's always the multiplayer. That's the big mm-hmm. thing, right? But with Halo, I've consistently seen like, yeah, the multiplayer is very good. People really like it. But people, I feel like, are equally as invested in the campaigns. Like when the campaigns are bad, people talk about that. People know yeah. it's bad, right? That's like a big deal. So I'd be curious to see how many people just jump off of multiplayer to then focus on Master Chief and his his adventures. That's probably the biggest part of it. Like the the people that are into Halo are like way into it. Like they're super excited for that TV show that they've wanted for like twenty years now. Uh, the there's so many Halo novels and stuff out there. Like that that are not just like a lot of games have like books and stuff and novels. Most of them aren't very good, so don't get them. And but the Halo ones people like a lot. And there's mm-hmm. quite a few people that are just way into this the world that's been made. Um, I I'm sure that I would not be surprised at all to see the campaign like blow the multiplayer numbers out of the water at first well yeah, yeah. i mean it's not like you're gonna still be playing the campaign like Who knows? in june maybe, maybe. Who knows? um because that's something that I'm those those no hit lasso runs <laughs> just putting everyone to shame it's, uh... <clears throat> i've also seen people on console start complaining about uh about cheaters appearing hackers yeah. appearing in the in the game and you know requesting a way to to force lock out pc players from their multiplayer sessions um so it'll be interesting to see how a divide there gets created yeah that's interesting too because in the ranked you're either cross play or your keyboard and mouse that's it Mm -hmm. so there's no way for console players to to play with console console only yeah that's interesting yeah that's that's like a weird oversight to me yeah. What are the concerns you... with that? Well, I, I wonder if you're playing on Xbox, like the console, can you plug in a keyboard mouse? Yeah, yeah. you should be able to. Okay, interesting. I mean, I haven't tried plugging into mine yet, but um, I've been mostly playing on PC, actually, and as a, as a primarily Xbox gamer. I'll probably play the campaign on, on my Xbox, mm. um, but I've been enjoying multiplayer on the PC just as much. Speaking right. of the campaign, it's nice to see. We don't get a lot of, like, I don't know what the right word, like, these uh, prestige, like, campaign FPS shooters anymore. 
Like, there's just mm. not many games. Because I wouldn't even classify Doom in that. Like, Doom's got, like, a really cool campaign and stuff, but it's always, like, rip and, rip and tear and just fuck shit up. Not like we're trying to tell yeah. you a story of whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of those that come out anymore. Like, there's the Metro series that comes to mind real quick. Uh, but there's just not... Not not these big budget ones yeah. anyway. Right. That I can really that come to mind real quick. Yeah, because I feel like when whenever I play Doom, I'm like, yeah, there's a story here and yeah. I get you're trying to tell it, but like I just want to fucking it's that, the, the most you want to see is a badass cutscene of Doom guy doing something insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, With Halo Infinite though, I feel like I mean, yeah, it'll be cool to see Halo uh Halo Chief, Master right. Chief do some badass stuff. <laughs> Mr. Halo. Halo Chief. <laughs> Mr. Halo himself <laughs> do some cool shit. But I feel like most people are gonna be more into like the lore and all yeah. that. And it's just we don't I think get the a lot of that. Exploration is going to be fun. I think I, I have a feeling yeah. they're going to have some neat Easter eggs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that we've already seen people have already been posting that like early on in the game, in some base or something, there's a, a like a large LP um, LP case oh. next to like a record player um, that has the the original Craig meme face on it. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hell yes. Uh, Stretch, do you want to talk to us about Shovel Knight, the, the new yeah, Shovel Knight? Yeah, I mean, so we had, you know, kind of surprise announcement of Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon will be releasing December 13th. This is the first of the new Shovel Knight games. They've spent so much time just adding and adding and adding to that original one. Um, but this new one is a complete, a complete shakeup. It's like borderline like a, a match three-esque game where you're on an eight by eight grid and you hop around a shovel knight and you can like combo together different monsters that you fight and stuff. Um, I've been having an absolute blast playing it. Um, I've already got 10, 11 hours on it. Um, and it's actually really interesting that it, it, it not only blurs the line, but it very, very frequently points out this line between you can play this game as a roguelite or you can play this game as a puzzle game. Um, and it's quite interesting the way that it differentiates that with like, you know, but it's also very free, you know, it doesn't delve into this like, well, it's a roguelite, so it needs to be tough. You've got like some some into the gungeon-like elements of purchasing relics that have a chance of showing up like in your pocket dungeon runs, um, boss fights to get more characters and stuff. Um, but you can alternate a whole bunch of stuff like how quickly the flow of time happens for like more blocks dropping down or um, uh, 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 how many lives you have as well. Mm. Like you can go in with one life and try to beat the whole game with one life. Um, Or you can go in with infinite lives and that's kind of like the puzzle mode. Like you've got to be good enough at like looking at and solving the puzzle and not doing the roguelite-ness as much of like needing to really rely on getting the relics you want and specifically building up the combos to get gems to to purchase things or to survive and stuff Mm. well are there certain things you like you lose out on if you play it like with just one life versus playing it with infinite lives like is there no no achievements or anything like that there are there are a few settings that if you disable them they do lock out your progress from getting certain achievements um like such as you can turn boss fights on or off, um, you know, as well as 
uh, you know, some of the things that that disable achievements are um, you can increase your health. You know, you would normally like Shovel Knight starts with five health. You can increase your health to 10. Um, that will disable achievements. Um, you can also up your damage. So instead of just doing one damage per hit, you can do five damage per hit. And with five damages per hit and double your health, um, it's it's a it's a snooze of a game to get through. But you can you can even you can get the you can beat the whole game like that, and you don't miss out on anything. Mm. There's no there's no lockout. There's no it's not like um Cuphead or something that had the easy mode. But then if you only beat the bosses in easy mode, you couldn't then face the final boss. Right. Um, there's no lockout whatsoever. If you're if you're someone who just wants to play the game for fun, and you know um, might have trouble with some of the more difficult mechanics and some of the like difficult stages and stuff you can play it however the fuck you want and it's really cool yeah how, how dare you assume people play video games for fun i know right yeah only serious um, gamers here that's right yeah. i play them for emotions <laughs> to cry yeah um and also it's just it's got that level of like polish and shine that yacht club games are known for crazy man soundtrack is fucking banging Mm. um it's really cool i'm i'm not writing the review um so you'll have to keep an eye on tech raptor for when a review comes out um but it's a neat little game i think the the name is gonna like incorrectly tip some people off this is definitely a like a fully fleshed out you know, roguelite puzzle game. Don't go into it thinking that, you know, it even kind of has the look of a mobile game almost. Mm. Um, but this is a this is a full-on, like, good entry into a, into the Shovel Knight ethos. Dude. Yeah, I can't wait to see more from Yacht Club. Like, so... Same. The last PAX West I went to, I think I met with them, and I, I played Shovel Knight Dig, the other new Shovel Knight game that is still... Who knows when it's coming out. Which is also very fun. I remember playing it, being like, "Yeah, this feels like it's I'm I, I'm ready to play more." But like, it felt done then, and that was what mm-hmm. two something years ago. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but now they're getting into like publishing stuff too. So like, they published like Cyber Shadow mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, which was amazing. Also, so they they seem to just have this high level of competency and awareness of like we know what makes things good and we will they are just fine especially with how i think i think shovel knight being as big of a hit as it is it allowed them the ability to be like yeah we'll just take all the time we need we don't care what's what's interesting as well is like shovel knight you know they did spend a whole lot of time on that and that's you know like a, a mega man inspired platformer and then they've done a shift to this, which is like a matching puzzle yeah. game almost. It's probably like finally and Shovel Knight new. Dig is also a, an entirely different concept for a game. It's it's so interesting. Like, yeah, they did add a whole bunch more campaigns to that first Shovel Knight. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, we, we would normally see like a Shovel Knight 2 that is the exact same style mm-hmm. of game. Shovel Knight 3, and then they might feel safe about branching out, but... Um, you know their their confidence in their own product, their own skill, yeah. their IP is is really impressive. Yeah, they're, they're um, and it's paying off. Honestly, I can't. It's Shovel Knight Dig was so much fun. I can't wait to hear more about that. And Pocket Dungeons is probably also just going to be excellent. I, I can't. Just what you're describing and how people mm-hmm. react to their stuff. It just seems like it'll at least be very good. 
Well, you'll be able to get your hands on it December 13th. That's right. Hell yeah. Which is cool. Once you're tired yeah. of Halo and you want to play a real yeah. game. Yeah. For, for adults. That's right. Not babies. <laughs> Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. I can't wait to dig into that because it sounds like you're enjoying it, Stretch. Um, I've been playing on and off for the past few months. Actually, I've been playing Lost Judgment, that um, that that Yakuza spinoff sequel game with uh, with that Japanese actor who's very famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're a tech raptor. We do our research. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, no, but Lost Judgment, I you know I've I've looked at it as like a as a comfort game for a while, just like a game where if I I need something kind of I don't want to think too hard about it and just want to do stupid shit, I'll play that. Because uh, I that's that's kind of how I see most Yakuza games in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're very good, but they're also very stupid. That's why they're very good. It, exactly, like the best way, right? Um, and I I think Yakuza does this thing where they they really finely balance. Like there are dramatic moments, like very serious, like played very straight moments. But then there's also like Kiryu punches a tiger. <laughs> you know, to sur- to survive, right? Or, you know, stupid shit like that. Or he, like, does karaoke or he runs a cabaret club. And Lost Judgment, and I played through the, the prequel too, Judgment, it's, I think it has a bit of trouble nailing that tone, that weird tonal shift from, like, dumb and silly to serious, right? Because the story of Lost Judgment focuses on, you play as a detective, so you're not even, like, in the Yakuza. But, uh, you, you have a lot of friends who are ex-Yakuza. So it's still very much in that, like, the undercity, the deep, seedy underbelly of the city, right? And the whole story is essentially you're hired by a high school to investigate some bullying, which is uh, is basically Ryugagotoku's attempt to, like, write a persona story so set in high school. Like very, <laughs> that sounds very persona. Yeah, yeah you, you eventually become a, high, uh, a counselor. <laughs> um, you've run the mystery detective club or mystery this research so, club. That, this is such an anime thing. Like this, the, <laughs> Japan is obsessed with high school with the, with their yeah. pro, with what they make their media. Well, it's because everyone in Japan knows what high school is like. Yeah. It's a very common touch point. Yeah, for, so it's easy to write stories there. Um, so you do spend a lot of your time in this high school and you can do a lot of these side quests where you basically like investigate other clubs at the school. So, you know, without being a high schooler, you're basically a high schooler. Um, but then there's this bigger story outside of the school where like, okay, yeah, at first you were hired to investigate some bullying, like, and it's pretty serious. Like there, there are kids who commit suicide because of how, you know, horribly they've been bullied in the school and you're like digging into more information and you find this like interconnected, like Pepe Silvia web of like, you know, it it goes all the way to the top. Like literally it goes all the way to the top. The government is involved in this, right? Of course they are. (laughs) Of course it is. Right. And it's this, this gritty dark story of like yeah it's pretty good but here's where the tonal shift happens right is when you walk around the streets in Kamurocho and in Ijincho right um yakuza or street punks or like liuman gang like a bunch of people in gangs will like come up to you and that's how you do random encounter fights right mm-hmm. they've also added high school delinquents <laughs> so you are <laughs> A mid-30s man in tight jeans and a leather jacket beating the shit out of high schoolers <laughs> on the streets. This is great. And 
And you're saying that this is your this is your relaxed game. This is what you like to do. (laughs) I guess (laughs) he lives lives down. He lives a few blocks from a high school. Scrappy enjoys beating up high school delinquents. It's just such a weird tonal. Like you're investigating. Like you care about these high schoolers, and you're like, I'm sorry, you're being bullied. Let me help. And then you step outside the school and and bully kids with your fists. The the kids that are bullied by their parents at home, so they bully kids at school. Now you beat the shit out of them too. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey man, he's off the clock. That's true. He needs to let loose as well. <laughs> yeah, let off some steam. Yeah, and it's just something that I found so hard to wrap my head around. Is that like, it just feels so weird to want to emotionally help these high schoolers while also just like your your character has no. Are you qualms. telling me he doesn't even like think about the morality of like should I be hitting these kids? Are you telling me this is a, an example Probably. of one of my favorite terms people like to do when they talk about games seriously? Is this an example of ludonarrative dissonance? Kind of, oh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> is it? It is. I, I would think so. Yeah, because like there's there's no remorse. When it comes, like you you beat up these kids in the same way you beat up Yakuza thugs. <laughs> So, so literally no remorse because so, I'm picturing I've been playing Yakuza I'm new to it I've been playing it for the past year and a half or so I'm just picturing the like insane finishing of like what you do to some Yakuza like you basically bend them in half and it's, like yes. just crush like basically break their spine you're just doing that to yeah. high schoolers <laughs> that kid will not be walking to school yeah, you're, you're picking up like motorcycles and smashing people in the head with them <laughs> <laughs> kind of oh because so yagami he's not as uh like brute strength as kiryu yeah. he's more like nimble so he does some stuff where he like power slides through three dudes and then handstands and like puts his legs perpendicularly and spins around oh. like doing break dancing but he's kicking three people in the air <laughs> while he's doing it but then he's doing that to fucking 16 year olds oh it's so weird and i finished the game over the the long weekend and you know i think for the most part it it sticks the landing with like delivering on that serious grittiness and like you know it gets into the whole like what is the meaning of truth is truth subjective whose whose justice is the right justice and all that stuff i think it, it lands that fairly well it's just that the journey to get there can feel a little bit off it feels a little bit like they they overlooked some of how their thematic elements clash with their gameplay elements. Mm. So looted narrative. Is it like that? Yes. Is it like that shock to your system when there's a serious cutscene going on and the camera pans across to your custom created character <laughs> who has a giant red wig and blue skin? It's like, I don't know, those like one of these things. One of yeah. these things is not like the other. The just cause kind of. ones or the GTA ones, where just stuff's exploding because you, you like parked a car nearby and just explodes behind you, <laughs> people flying through the air. Yeah, it, it does have that feeling of like this is a little bit weird, especially when when you know you're talking to people who are like parents of kids who committed suicide because of bullying. And they're talking to this detective, and all I can think is the detective in his head is like, oh, "I hope I didn't beat up that kid like <laughs> in the streets before this, you know." Damn. How is the um, how is the pacing of the story? Because I've I've tried to get into a couple of yakuza, and I just find that that the pacing is sometimes few and far between because they want you to experience all of like the side quests and how much the game has to offer. Um, but it'll, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, the way I played it probably speaks to it in that um 
when I, like I played it a lot when it first came out and then took a break to play like Guardians and a few other games and then came back to it over the weekend. So before I stopped playing it, I was 30 hours in and maybe halfway through the story because I did okay. so much of this. Like I wanted to do a lot of the side quests, especially mm-hmm. the high school ones because they're pretty good. And then when I got over like this past weekend, I was like, I'm just going to mainline the story. And I finished the other half of the game in like eight hours. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you want, so, yeah. if you want to mainline the story, I bet you could finish it like sub 15. Um, okay. But I don't like, I don't see the Yakuza series as one of those games where it's like, you're just there for the story. Like it's more yeah. like you're there at the carnival and you know, there's that big <laughs> roller coaster you want to eventually get on, but you're going to check out the Ferris wheel and the, yeah. All this other shit on the way, right? That's a that's a great analogy lost. for for the Yakuza judgment. Because what's going to happen is, especially like certain ones, you're going to be playing along in the story, and then insane stuff's going to happen, like little side things. Like you're going to be like, "What's the run a cabaret thing? Uh, what? That yep. seems weird." And then you're going to be like, "Oh, I've just did that for six hours, <laughs> and just that." <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there are so many mini games to get lost in in Judgment. Like, there's a biker mini game where you dress up as a biker. There's, like, boxing. There's a robot. There's basically battle bots. Yeah. You, oh, they're, they're, the they have the, uh, the the racing, the little cars. I forgot what they called that. Dragon cart. Yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have just straight-up old Sega arcade games you can play, too, at arcades. And yeah, there, there's a video game club in in the high school, and you have to actually play Virtua Fighter against <laughs> oh, the kids. Oh, that's beat just them cruel. Yeah, I think I think because um, when I played a little bit of uh, Like a Dragon, they've got like the whole like the entirety of Virtua Fighter Five yes, in that yeah. game. You can just you know you load it up, and you're suddenly at like a completely new menu screen, and no all characters are unlocked, mm-hmm. and you can just play Virtua Fighter within within a different game entirely. It's very yeah. impressive how, so cool. how fleshed out they get a lot of these little mini games. Some of which are like tied in story-wise to the bigger story tangentially somewhat. But some of them are just their own like, yeah, just that's your own thing. <laughs> that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think actually the way they use Virtua Fighter in Lost Judgment is kind of cool because you, you're trying to figure out like which of these kids is cheating. And how are they cheating? Uh-oh. So they actually like implement it in the game. You play a match against the kid, and you actually feel how he's that's cheating. That's amazing. Like, that's cool. Yeah, like that's... they tinkered with the the code of Virtual Fighter to make that what happen. If, what if there's know? someone that's like, oh, never mind. I won't go say that. Never mind. Move <laughs> <Okay>. on. <laughs> that's like the the issue I in real life that. with amiibos and how amiibos read your inputs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lost Judgment. I think. I mean. You know, at the end of the day, if you're a Yakuza fan, you're gonna like this game. Probably, you're gonna you're gonna mm. like what it has to offer. You know, um, but I also think it's a pretty decent jumping on point for anyone who's like, what's what's all. Do you have to play about, Judgment right? before Last Judgment, or should you? Um, you can. Okay. Uh, I think there's enough like flashbacks in in Lost Judgment. Like they do that thing where you know, whenever they introduce a character from the first game, someone quickly chimes in. And it's like, oh, isn't that the guy that yeah. did this and that? You know, so. <laughs> You'll if you don't play Judgment One, you'll get enough context. Okay. Yeah. I won't play them out of order, but I just wanted to ask. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Are you disappointed that there likely will not be a third? Uh, you know, kind of, because I think Yagami is a cool character. He's he's just like 
the right amount of goofy, but also like, cause you know, Kiryu is like silent, smoldering, intimidating. Yagami is like, he thinks he's in an action movie kind of, <laughs> you know, like he, he has one liners and stuff like that. Um, so I think he's a fun character, but I know Ryugagotoku, they're working on a new franchise, right? So mm-hmm. who knows what that'll be, but I am very interested. As, as long as it has that same wacky, weird shit they do, I am in. Yep. I would be surprised if it did not, if it was not that like level of weird. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, well, I think that's our show for this week. We hope you had fun. It's just as much fun as we had here. Hope uh, you if had you liked your the show last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh. right. Uh, no, nope, move on. They didn't sponsor us this week, <laughs> well. so we can't say their name. But hope you enjoyed the pickles. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us a lot. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you know, give us a thumbs up, like, comment, subscribe, all of that jazz. Um, and if you want any more video game content, news, reviews, features, and all that stuff throughout the week, you can check out techraptor.net where we publish things daily. We'll be back next Monday with another episode of the podcast. And until then, see ya.